Welcome to Dice Carnival! Today, we will be playing House of Lament from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. If this is your first time tuning in, we would love for you to check out our previous adventure. But if you're just here for the spooks, you're in the right place. Please leave a good rating, if you can, as well as subscribe and follow us on Twitter. All links will be in the description. Thank you, and enjoy the show! This adventure is a bit spooky, and touches on some darker themes. Consider yourself warned. Welcome back. It has been some time since we left off this adventure. But if you are listening to it now, then you know it is coming to an end. Our party of gnomes have explored a haunted house on the bayou, seeking answers to the missing members of the Gripply people, seeking an artifact able to punch holes through worlds, as well as lead to events that could end them, seeking whatever leads they can, reunited. Alan, Godonald, Nord, the three of you made your way underneath the porch of the house, while Quinell and Cornelius are preparing the seance ritual within. Just as Nord found what they believe to be the treasure all of you were seeking, the ground beneath you quaked. In the earwigs, aggressive little buggers, began to organize, literally, as well as rise up. And just as you see Nord pull out of the ground, still half-buried, the wooden shaft of a weapon, he turns and sees leaning over both Alan and Godonald. I'm going to say, like, Godonald's in the front and Alan's maybe right behind them, just sort of peering out as you see a visage of a face with bugs dripping out of the mouth, uh, Oogie Boogie Man style. As I'm going to begin by asking everyone to roll initiative. We got the Allens in the back. <laughs> Stop carbon dating our podcasts. <laughs> That's gonna be a 13. Oh, no. 13 from Godonald. I got a six. I got an eleven. All right then. Also, why would I stop carbon dating our podcast when that's literally our my nickname? Oh. <laughs> I guess you're right. All right, let's get on with the fighting. You find yourselves in a cramped territory because you are all less than three and a half feet tall. You find yourself only having to slightly stoop with this interior space. However, the way that you came in is now blocked by this swarm of writhing insects that let out a <sighs> as bits of earwigs come flying out and scattering onto you, leaving little bites and pockmarks onto you and as it goes into its bellows. I just thought of, I just thought of something dumb. 
Godonald, you have a chance to react. Uh, do you do you want to put it out now, or do you want to go after, or do you want to say it right as your turn comes around after Godonald? Kind of want to say it right now. Go ahead. <laughs> this bug creature roars at us. Oh yeah, you and what vocal cords? <laughs> oh. Oh you know, like, terrifying so things is that it's roar- I, I'm glad that you you brought that up because as it roars at you, it doesn't necessarily let out a breath. It just lets out a sort of shrilling sound from <laughs> all these little insects inside of it that seem to echo around this interior gravity that it made as it thrashes about and in the process of shaking, little bits of insects fly onto you. Yeah. But all right. I'd like to hit the problem very hard. I believe that you still had uh, speak with animals up, correct? I do. Was it speak with animals? I thought it was just a gnome. Go ahead and roll. All right. I attack. Okay, we're opening with a natural 20. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We love to see it. We love to see it. All right. Let's. All right. Ooh. Ooh. You're gonna smite that? Yeah, oh yeah, I do have smites! I do have smites! Thank you for the reminder. You've been playing a druid a lot lately, don't worry. I have been <laughs> playing a druid a lot lately. Um, how many smites do I have? Oh yeah, it's like my spell slot. It's, it's spell been slot. a while. You can add an extra two, you can burn a spell slot to add an extra 2d. What level are you burning? I think you're second level now, right? No, uh, no, first just level. first level. Is so I can burn as many as I want, or just one at a time. You can burn one. You can burn one to give yourself an extra two d eight. Okay. So. Which would get maxed. It would get maxed. We're using massive damage, right? <laughs> I'm getting flashbacks to Alcazar. Okay. Okay. So I roll four d eight. Go ahead. Uh, forty-eight from. What? What, did, what is your? What, de- what weapon are you? Yeah. What weapon are you using? I'm using the uh, the the long sword. The long sword is. You're holding it in one hand. Uh, do I have my shield up? I do have my shield up. So yes, one hand. All right. So that's one d eight for the sword. Plus two d eight from the smite. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and just roll me, roll me, let's do the normal damage first, so that's going to be, what's the maximum damage for your longsword? Ten. Uh, okay then. That is going to, go ahead and roll me a ten plus another d8. Alright. Ten plus another d8. It's gonna be seventeen. Alright then. And now go ahead and roll me the two d8 and add a sixteen for the radiant. Cool. All right, so that's an eight plus a six, 14. Big 14 goal. plus 16? Mm-hmm. 30. Yeah. 30, oh. <laughs> so as Godonald, you swing your blade into the maw of this thing, you strike down at it. The blade itself seems to have difficulty slicing through them, but the conviction of your paladin oath shining bright seems to overcome whatever resistance they had to your mundane weapon. (laughs) And as you streak it within, between the damage that you had sort of struck into it with, you see light shining from within, and you go to close your eyes, and Alan, 
York kind of left there stunned for just a moment as Godown raises their shield and falls to the ground as bug juice just sprays everywhere as the swarm is eviscerated. Nora, you are bent down to the ground. So Alan just ends up with a whole bunch of goop on his face. Well, that's just a reintroduction to Paladin. And just a couple of, of, of half, you know, cut in half twitching bugs kind of stuck to you. Oh, that was easy. Thank you. That's very, that's very nice of you. I'm glad we could get rid of those bugs. Before resistances, that was 47 points of damage. Holy cow. Oh Wait, is, is this thing gone? Did I one-shot this thing? Yeah, it's gone. Nice. <laughs> it's no longer a threat. You see a couple of the surviving earwigs just begin sort of crawling into the soil and underneath the house. Dispersed. I thought this was going to be much harder. Me too. I mean, I thought so too. <laughs> That's just how nat 20s be. <laughs> it's how paladins be. Paladins how paladins smite, paladins. When paladins smite, they smite. Yeah. Smitten Smitten. Just at that moment, we see Nord pull out a glowing pommel of an axe. Oh. Oh. Well. It's heavy and big. What kind yep. of axe is that? I don't think this was made for gnomes. Oh. Damn. What are we supposed to do with it then? Is it is it all out? Can we can we investigate? Yeah, it? yeah. You go ahead and you can inspect it. It is a uh, it is a battle axe. Uh, so any of you proficient with those would be able to wield it. You see that it is uh, embossed with sort of excessively salivating, sort of demonically horned-looking toads. Is that a martial weapon? Uh, yes it is. Can I wield it? Yes it is. It is a versatile weapon. That, versatile. Uh, that, uh, it deals, so it's a D8 or a D10 if you wield it with both hands. And what's more is that as you pull it out, there's like tiny little rubies embedded into it that emit sort of a glowing light. Ooh. And while this thing has been buried in moist earth for who knows how many decades, Perhaps even since this this house survived the eclipsing, it still looks pristine. No rust on it, even though the metal looks like like dark wrought iron. Ignore oh, probably... she's magical. Ignore <laughs> probably didn't say quite the weapon. As much as think, I want to wield the glowing think, thing, I think uh, it's not for me. You think back to the uh, sort of spirit board that communicated sort of help you under porch oh so this will help us with this house i see uh do you know anything it looks magical do you know anything about it alan well unfortunately i don't have the right tools with me for that i have you'd have uh. to give me like eight hours Oh yeah, that's a it's a bit of a long time. Hmm. Yeah. Is there anything else underneath the porch? Do I uh, roll me an investigation check, I would say? No, a survival check. I'm gonna say a survival check. Alright, I rolled investigation too early. That's a nine. Looking around underneath here, not that you would be able to see without you know more time, better tools. <laughs> 
Um, and who's to say that you won't come across more threats? And who's not to say that uh, Gadonald won't wipe them out in one swipe? Yeah. <laughs> Especially with this new axe. Sorry, Adrian. <laughs> You're good. I wasn't attached to it. We've only been waiting, what, three months? <laughs> yeah, exactly. To finish that fight? Spooky time. Oh, the viewers okay. for longer, though. The listeners, get... sorry. Let's so, get spooky. Let's get spooky. You have this axe. All right. Yep. Sorry, go on. There doesn't seem to be much I can do to identify it. Why don't we take it to the professors? We could. Let's go find them. You hear a rumbling of thunder in the distance as the clouds glow somewhat darker, grow somewhat darker, and little bits of light sort of glow beyond the folds of the nimbuses. That doesn't look good. Small little pitter-pats of rain begin sort of dropping out of the sky as a few mostly leafless trees kind of rattle dryly in the wind. The early signs of a storm. Hmm. Let's All go right. find some shelter. Let's see how leak-proof this house is after how many years of nobody living here. As you uh, make your way out, who has the axe on them? I do. All right, then. We are trudging forward. All right, then. So you make your way within the house. And as you step within the front door, uh, you hear the faint... And a bit of like a drifting sort of air pressure as does a... Before any of you really had a chance to close the door, it seems to sort of close on its own. In the distance, you hear the sounds of chattering, of... Oh, I just love this life. It's, uh, never get bored in it, I say. You just gotta keep a nice old sweater and a couple of uh, holy symbols on you, and you'll be just fine. Ah, ghost hunting. Uh, and you hear, like, Quinnell just sort of muttering, like, Okay, then, I need to go ahead and apply a sort of sigma formation on the rune here, uh, as he seems to be sort of drawing the chalk of the seance circle. I'm gonna go up and be like, uh, do you know what this is? We found it on the porch. They see you, like, and even though, like, you didn't exactly get a full face full like Alan did, you still are, like, dripping with, like, bits of bug juice on your shield and on, like, some of your armor. And, uh, Cornelius turns around and says, Oh, hello there. Uh, ooh, you found a shiny little trinket. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like a magical axe. I don't know what kind of magic, though. Do you know? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I usually don't specialize in those sort of uh, divination rituals. I prefer to see things with my brain. Can you use your brain to figure out what this is? Why don't you? You probably spend a little bit of time with it. Usually uh, magical things like that, they'll reveal what they do if you just uh, kind of get to know it a little. Take it out for dinner. Hold its hand. <laughs> All right, have a little conversation. Do Watch I have this. the budget for that kind of commitment? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna look at the axe and be like, What are you? <laughs> it makes motionless axe sounds. <laughs> Dang, that Actually, no, if anything, head. there is like a faint little bit of a... Like a faint humming as it seems to sort of like be slicing the air where it's at. Hmm. Although cool, that went better in my head. Yo, do we have, like, a spare hour? Well, I'll just chill. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I didn't expect you to be done so quickly. <laughs> we didn't either. We have Godonald to thank for that. 
I hit yeah. the bugs real hard. Like, real hard. Oh, I, I can see them you. with the force of I was going to say, it looks paragons. like the bugs hit him quite hard. Gestures towards Alan. Thank it was you. a bit of an it was a bit of an explosive <laughs> incident. Has, has Alan made any efforts to start cleaning himself off? I would like to ask: Is the door like? Are we sealed in? No. You can go ahead and open. Can the I door. wash just... myself off in the rain. Uh, yeah. So the rain isn't pouring quite yet. It's just little drops of rain. Oh. Uh, but would you want to go ahead and walk towards the edge of the bayou? Yes. Oh, okay. So uh, Alan is, so he's, as, as Cornelius points there, Alan just sort of, you hear like the slamming of a door as Alan walks out. All right, then. Uh, what are you guys liking to do? do I don't do I think it's really, uninhibited? I don't think it's really time for a short rest. But at the same time, part of me kind of wants to attune to this thing. So I don't know how to approach the situation. You guys can take some time. As I said, Cornelius says that they still need time to set up the ritual. So you could explore the house. You could do like what Alan's doing, and he's going to go outside to wash himself up. You I'm gonna could... start. Uh, I'm gonna start trying to attune to this axe. All right then, Nord. What are you doing? I wanna. Oh, sorry. I wanna talk to my ghost friends. I wanna right. like, walk around, kind of see, seeing if I can find that that person from the bathroom so this is kind of like the odd bit of thing that like when you're within this particular room things are definitely deathly quiet almost you can still feel like that ambient sense of sort of presence around you but when you step out into like the hallway when you step into the foyer you just hear like a faint bits of just echoing throughout the house sometimes in different directions sometimes passing through your ear you hear a little bit of like whispering from like that Periton statue, that sort of like uh, that sort of like uh, elk-headed eagle within that main room that does kind of like lean into like a little bit of that sort of whispering sound. I'm gonna whisper back, just be like random whispering noises. You can you can stage whisper. Random whispering noises. Okay. So you are uh, going about... Go ahead, just roll me... Roll me a charisma check. <laughs> Ouch. Eleven. Oh, okay. I thought I got a six, but it was a nine. Eleven. As you, as you sort of try to listen to the personalities of this house, you can't really clue into many specifics beyond there are a lot of them. There are a lot of voices here. Some young, some old, some high, some low. Some afraid, some angry, some terrified. Can I go up to the eagle-headed thingy? And like, this is like the thing, it's like, it's on top of like a giant pedestal, like, you know, more than twice your height, just looking down at you. And it's just like a brass sort of... Wait, did you say words? Because I couldn't understand. No, it's just unintelligible whispering. Do you got secrets? <gasps> hmm. I might not see You do those. see that. I will say that uh, I believe there are stairs here that do lead up, though. I'll take them. I'll walk up. All right. As you make your way up these stairs, uh, 
you find yourself onto a little bit of a balcony. Hmm. It's a nice you look, oh, Yeah, you look over and you can see straight down to the foyer. You can look down on the same statue you saw. You see that there are a number of doors that stretch out around you. Um, kind of like walking to the top of the steps, you're facing more like westward in the house. Uh, there's just kind of like a main sort of like sitting area to your left, but you can see that there's like a a door directly across from you. There's a door on your right to the right. There's another door at the sort of end of the hall to the left, and the hall seems to just sort of keep wrapping around to the right. Open but you can the see it's directly in front of me. You make your way towards such a door. And there's an... The door is unlocked. Are there any lights I can turn on? Uh, no, no power in here that works. Oh. Uh, you see inside of here what appears to be a rather simple bedroom. Um, though somewhat lavish, you see that there are moth-eaten sheets, uh, darkly colored, spread across a sort of, uh, queen-sized bed frame. A four-poster banister sort of, uh, chewed in through, like, little, little bits of, like, boring worms have clearly been eating away at the wood in here. Uh, there are, there's a window out here that, uh, would appear to be unlatched but closed. Uh, that uh, just has like a couple of like curtains and you could swear like the curtains sort of wave in the draft until you remember that the window is closed. Hmm. There's like a cupboard, there's a side table, there's like a lamp that doesn't work. Looks like it would have been cozy. You would imagine this would be maybe a bedroom they would reserve for say guests of the house. Mm. What else do I see? What else do I feel? Any ghostly presence? Roll me another charisma check. Let's do better this time. Fourteen. As you begin listening within here, you step your way back into the hall, sort of like walking backwards, just kind of keep an eye on the room as you close it, and you catch out of the corner of your eye a bit what you think like imagine like the the white hemming or trailing of a dress and you hear the clicking of a door down the hall to your right hmm. i want to follow it i'm being that guy in the horror movie all right then as you make your way down um the door that you heard click was out of sight of you, but as you walk further down the hall, as I said you pass a door to your right, you pass a door to your left, you immediately see in the middle of another hallway, which can, looks like it continues to curve right to even more, more, you know, adjacent rooms. The sound seems to have come to the door that you're standing in front of now. That seems to sort of be pointing towards the most northward room in this house. I know a plot hook when I see one. Can I, uh, bring, or Gedonald needs to be attuning and doing nothing in order to do that, I presume, right? Hmm? Say again? Gedonald, 
Does Gadonal need to be doing like nothing in order to attune to it? Uh, it it's more so that Gadonal is just sort of like taking time to sort of like clean themselves off a little bit. And I guess whatever process Gadonal goes through to sort of like investigate it. So like if you were to like in interrupt Gadonal a little bit, they would be spending time away from doing that. Okay. So I'm going to go see what Alan. I'm going to. Can I grab Alan and bring him up here for for redundancy and safety? Uh, Alan, we cut to you. As you are outside in the bayou, um, are, are you going downstairs to go look for Alan, Nord? I'm going to call out to him. I'm close the top. That works, right? Um, if Alan went over to the water, how loud are you shouting? Oh, I didn't realize he went that far. Yeah, I'll he, go outside he's, to get him. he's like he's probably like maybe more than like a hundred feet from the house. Oh, I'll go outside to get him then. All right, so you begin making your way down, and as you sort of leave that hallway, uh, there's just maybe like a faint little bit of mist that sort of like lifts from the floor. And uh, we see Alan, who is currently in the process of, of, like, washing water off of his face and off of his hands and cleaning himself off. Um, and roll me a perception check, Alan. Okay. As you are kind of standing at the edge of this pier. Six. Um, you see that there is a couple of alligators on a nearby bank that don't seem to be giving you too much trouble, but you are kind of being a little bit wary of them. Um, but yeah, you found like a little old, like rusted bucket that's got a few enough holes in it that you can kind of use that to wash yourself off. And it's not a substitute for a good shower. You feel like a little bit salty from the brackish water, but uh, it, it 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 gets you some gets you clean enough. I just want the bugs off. Yeah, bugs are off. You see, like as they like fall and wash off into the water, a little bit the fish come up and begin eating them. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll head back inside then. All right, as you begin making your way out, uh, you see the door opens and Nord is looking around. What's up, Nord? Think I found you a girlfriend. What? I'm kidding. I found a ghost. Come on. Oh, great. Meanwhile, what's Godonald doing? Uh, in the, the background. The and I imagine you're inside of... The, I also to paint the frame a little bit. You're inside the same sort of very hauntingly beautiful room that has all these sort of like nice furniture that are, you know, not rotted away, but definitely a little damp and a little bit stained with age. And you're probably like sitting on like a comfy like couch that's like way too big for you. It's like the size of a mattress with this axe. I stare, at the, I stare at the axe. I bonk on it with my sword a little bit. I sniff it. When no one's looking, I lick it, trying to figure out what this is. Hey, where do you lick it? Like, like on the blade. <laughs> Not on the tip of the blade, but like the flat side. Even like as you lick a little bit in there, you feel like a faint little bit of sharpness as a small little nick goes onto your tongue. Oh. Okay, that's it. Some, some whatever sort of magically sharpening enchantment on here sort of seeming to, to go a little bit further than you would think. That is scary. That is scary. What in the world do you do? I don't know how I could get through to you. There's like, <laughs> and you're like looking at like a little part that has like two little rubies that are like skulls looking back at you. What do you want? Ooh, I'm asking the skull. Quietly just continues to hum like it has been. Were you lonely down there? 
Did you miss humanoid connection? Takes out notebook. So how does that make you feel? Exactly. You're not much of a communicator, are you? This axe has been isolated for years now. It's probably not one to open up so easily. It's okay. You can take your time. Maybe it opens other things up easily, but... <laughs> like, like heads and chest cavities. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what to call you. I guess I'll just call you a slasher face. Give it, give the scat, scat, skull, skull a little pat what? on the head. What? Okay. <laughs> give the skull a little pat on the head. <laughs> I don't know how to tune this thing. You're just spending time with it, yeah. Uh, do any of you check in on Gadon? Do any of you check in with Gadonald, or do you just hear that like outside the door and just trust that they're okay and continue? I to head do want to check in on Gadonald because I realize I haven't. Okay, taken you a walk in on this. Gadonald, I feel like there's better ways to be understanding this axe. Oh, one day you look, I o- will. You look over, and like Gadonald's kind of splayed out on a cha- couch, and they're just landed looking at the axe, which is on a nearby chaise lounge. <laughs> All right, can I can I take like can I investigate this axe independently? What for? What um. For? I don't know, I'm just looking through my sheet, and I know that I have a feature that, um, I can add double my proficiency bonus to history checks related to magic items or other devices such as that. Uh, yeah, go ahead and just roll me an arcana check to try to maybe understand the sort of vibes of what sort of magic might be in here. Come on, good roll, good roll. That's a good roll, plus seven, that's a dirty 20. So reading over this thing... The sort of magic is maybe more tuned to maybe more Aether-based magic back during its creation. But that is maybe just a little bit of like a catalyst, like based on like uh, the sort of like sharpening enchantment. You can definitely tell like this one has like a magical, this this has a magical bonus to attack and damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you also do sort of feel like a lot of the magic that sort of suffuses it is maybe more divine in nature maybe more more macabre in nature okay i will relay that to godonald <laughs> and what's more is that you can sense not a sense of personality from it like a sentience but like a personality and a sense of like purpose like whatever this axe was used for it was used for a deliberate purpose even when it exchanged hands it was used for a similar purpose mm. all right yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna relay that to Donald. <laughs> so it's like, oh, uh, sense. like a headsman's axe, or like a, like a, like a cult sacrifice kind of axe. Oh, yes, yes. I could make a good cult leader if I really put my mind to it. I'm sure of that. I feel like you have already, and you just don't know it. <laughs> I have a cult. I, I don't, I don't know your personal life. But, just by your personality. Trying to recollect any cults I've had recent contact with. It was that one group with all the shirt. I'm not going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) So, just going to spend some more time with it, Gadonald? Yeah, I'm going to finish this short rest and try to see if I can figure out exactly what it is. I'll get back to you. Uh, Nora and Alan, are you exploring upstairs? I guess so. 
Yeah, let's do it. Because I can't leave poor Gnord all alone. <laughs> Gnord, I, I lead it to you to lead the way. Yes, I'm going to go back to the room that the, uh, the, per- the woman in the dress... Do you give any sort of indication to Alan what you're doing? Nope. But I'm going to knock on the door before I get... Alan, do you, do, you, do you just follow, follow blindly? Um, I will be chastising Gnord. Just like, what did I tell you about going into spooky rooms? I'm knocking first. You knock, knock, knock. You hear no reply. Okay, I'm going to open the door. A grand canopy bed occupies this room. Its headboard engraved with the phases of the moon. A wardrobe, writing desk, and torn leather chair fill out the space, all bearing rampant mildew. You also smell a chemical smell, like ammonia or medication, just lingering through here. I kind of want that headboard design on my tombstone. I don't, I keep, Alan can't process that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do I feel the, the presence of... Do I, do I see this, this mysterious figure? Or do I feel the presence of something? You feel that sort of same presence sort of drifting from the bed. Not the presence you saw before, but like as you step forward from like the source of the sort of acrid chemical smell, you continue to sort of hear like that faint. Mind you, it's always like it's filling the back of your mind, but it's just like when you get closer to certain things or places or directions, it sometimes gets a little louder. To the point where you can almost comprehend it, but not quite. Still not getting that. I, I think I need some, like, lessons on Ghost. Um, I'm gonna sit down on the bed. Sends out, sends out group text. Hey, looking for tutorer on Ghost? question mark <laughs> yeah can can anyone help me with g g o s 91 yeah okay. so what you doing i'm gonna sit on the bed oh the bed actually seems to be holding up rather well for its age and you can see like there's some broken windows up here and that the sort of smell of like rotting has like sort of refused this room there's other chairs and cabinets here that look like they just fall apart if you made too much contact with them but the bed other than being rotten is in pretty good shape hmm you do know we're looking for an artifact right yeah but they keep saying the real treasures the friends you make along the way and you're gonna make friends with the ghosts you're not no I thought these ghosts were the ghosts that stop people from leaving this house oh yeah well, we don't know which one did that. You also, like, look down towards the ground outside, though, um, Alan. And you do see, like, there are, like, the dusty charcoal footprints coming from one closed door. Uh, about 15 feet to your right, further down the hall. I see more footprints going that way. Coming in your direction, actually. Oh, so wait, they were coming from that door into this room. There's just, like, 30 footprints that have been tracked along the ground. And, in fact, you would notice that they seem to be smaller in stature. Wait. Like a small creature. Hmm. Uh, you know what? Those aren't yours, are they? Are they mine? You look up and you recognize the door that you left, the bathroom door, where your city footprints still have tracked out. (gasps) Hey! That's the bathroom! (laughs) 
<laughs> now you see, Sonny, when I was your age, me and my friends used to play around that particular tree in the park. <laughs> oh, our friends had memories. What? Um, Adrian, what kind of memories are you hiding? Uh, <laughs> uh, go on, go on, Nord. More questions what after recording. Bathroom. That's where I went when I got stuck in the chimney in the oven. Oh. oh. Yeah. Why does Why does it lead into the bathroom? That's why I spent the night and made friends with the ghost woman. Don't tell me your name, house. which is very nice, by the way. Okay, but I thought, isn't there a big trust issue going on? See, there's also another set of footprints, Nord, that seem to sort of veer off larger, maybe like that of slippers, that seem to lead further down that same hallway to the right. Yes, sir. I'm, you know I'm following those footprints. All right. Alan? Let's go. All right, <laughs> as the two of you end up making your way further down that hallway, you see at the very, very end of the hallway is where they seem to lead, and the door seems to be cracked open a teensy bit. Um, Nord, are you inspecting these footprints at all, or just following them? I would like to take a look at them. You see that these footprints are made out of soot, but not track soot, more like a range soot. Into like an inverse sort of footprint almost. Mm, that's cool. And as you kind of like get close to them, a, a bit of a draft comes in and just sort of scatters some of them into dust. Mm. They don't seem very permanent. Far less permanent than the soot stains you dragged. Which were sort of black and greasy. Mm. Okay. Let's go in. Alright. Say hello. Uh, I you, will... I'm gonna, like, yeah. ready my crossbow FBI style. I'm gonna, I'm gonna knock on the door. You, the door's open, but you, uh, can knock on it. It's not all the way open, it's cracked a little bit, and you... Um... Do I hear anything? And, yeah, no, you don't really hear much. Alright, cool. I'm opening the door. Do you see that you step into an office that is decorated with sturdy shelves and a desk carved with uh, reclining satyrs? The desk high back chair is turned away, obscuring any occupant. Hmm. I'll walk up. What what else do I see in the room? Just just the desk basically and other office supplies. Um, so you see, like, there's, like, that, 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 uh, door, that, that chair, that's, like, very high back, like, far higher than maybe even a medium humanoid's head would be, assuming they weren't too tall. And you see, like, the chair sort of, like, swivel just a few degrees and then stop as you approach. The old, I've been expecting you. Yes. Like, Alan's crossbow finger, like, twitches a little bit on the trigger, <laughs> I imagine, as it moves a little yeah. bit. I'm gonna, a, I'm gonna take my, my sword and kind of, like, poke the chair to turn it around. Alright, so to do that, you've got to walk around the desk. Because the desk is facing towards you. 
That's behind the desk. Uh, and there's like a pair of, of windows. And yeah, as you go to approach and you go to like reach out with your sword and Alan's raising the crossbow to sort of push the chair towards you, the chair turns and there's a... nothing, nothing in it. No one in it. Mm. Empty. All right. You do, however, glint a little bit of parchment sitting on the desk as well as... Uh, there's nobody under the desk, right? Nobody, anything on the desk, you're asking? No, just making sure there's nobody under it. Uh, you peek underneath? Well, you don't really have to bend down because you're at the same height. Mm-hmm. Nope. All right, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna pull the pull the chair up to the desk and sit in it and pretend to be yeah, There is something there. under the desk, though. You see a faint little bit of, of, of glimmer. <gasps> Shiny. You pick it? it up? Yeah. Cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Donald or Alan, uh, you run forward as you see Nord pick up a small little metal cylindrical shell. Like a casing. Oh. Oh. Can I tell what it is or I have to inspect it a little bit? I'm gonna say with, like, your background, similar things are employed nowadays. This is a shell for some sort of ammunition. That's ammunition for some sort of gun. Huh. Well, what's it doing at a desk? Uh, Alan? Last I heard target practice wasn't an indoor activity. What's in the perch Nord, as you're kind of saying that you look up at the chair and you see like at like the head level, a hole in the backing of the chair. Ugh. Like a small little pin prick. Is it like um, six inches above his head? <laughs> Uh, no, not above him. It's just a very old sort of like bit of damage. Like imagine like a nail driven into an old desk and then pulled out. Like that big, bit of like a rupturing, right at like the head level of a medium creature. That's what I thought. <laughs> What's and while it looks like measures have been used to clean it up, there is still the definitive sort of remnant of sort of like brownish blood stain. Mm. on the back of this uh, leather chair. Can I read the parchment? Can I attempt yeah. to trace? You, 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 you'd have to climb up on the from... chair to properly see it, unless you climb in on the desk, but chair's easiest. It's a big desk. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's a big desk, yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's like literally like you can like, you can probably like stand on your tippy toes and like see above the desk, but to actually read anything on the desk, like you gotta, you gotta get a little altitude. Um, but yeah. how tiny we are. As you go ahead, you climb up and, and, and s- swing on the swivel chair. You look down at the desk and you see that there is a number of papers sort of lined up along here. Many of them sort of very finely pressed. You see there's an inkwell that's been all dried up. Um, roll me a perception check, Nord. Ooh, I'm see what you can pick up on an initial glance. 21. You see that there's a few documents. One thing you see what looks to be a deed to it. You see a shaft of like dry legal document that reads to be some sort of deed to the house in sort of the old sort of Lectralian common tongue, uh, as well as some surrounding land. Yeah, it just kind of got some names that you you don't fully recognize, except that you see that it is being signed by someone named Lauren Halfrest. And it seems to be sort of signing something, transferring property rights to Theodora Halfrest. There's also... Theodora. 
There's also, uh, you find a inside of a, an envelope, still in fairly decent condition, though maybe a little bit stained with age. A will, as well as a death certificate, naming four members of the Halvrest family. Lauren, his wife Theodora, and their daughters Regan and his son uh, Vastian. You also see that there is a doctor's note tucked in there as well that describes some sort of chronic illness with his lungs. Mm. The uh, Lauren. Mm. Alan, roll me a perception check. Sorry, I was trying to take notes there. <laughs> good. Perception. Oh my god, that's terrible. That's a three. Yeah, you are kind of a little bit more intent on sort of making sure there isn't anything moving in here than to sort of pay attention to things you could move. Can you just uh, reiterate the children's names again? Uh, yeah, there is uh, a daughter named Regan and a son named Bastion. And so the... Like Bastion spelled with a V. Okay. Just to get it straight in my head, uh, husband Lorne has chronic illness, uh, signed deed to house and land to Theodora, who's the wife, and... I will also say, too, uh, you would also find on the death notice, mm. there was the doctor's notes that were concerned with some sort of chronic illness with his lungs, basically sort of prescribing very heavy pain medication mm. to sort of like deal with those symptoms. You see that the death certificate for Lauren describes uh, essentially cranial rupture to the right temple. Mm. And in very broad mortician font, suicide. So, Lauren probably killed himself. Theodora died from a lung problem. No, Lauren oh. had the lung problem. Oh, Jesus Christ. Is Lauren the husband or the wife? The husband. Husband. Okay. Theodora is the wife. All right. Would Godonald's short rest be, or resting time to a tune be up? Um, I'm, I'm tracking that because there's something I want to do for that. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Just want to make sure there'll be a time we can relay all this. Yeah. Uh, but that's all what right. you, you find up there. Uh, what's more, Nord, you would also see this as you rolled really, really high. Hell yeah. You find, uh, as you're kind of climbing off the chair to kind of relay some of this to uh, Alan, who's kind of been doing a perimeter sweep. Uh, you end up like stepping on a bit of a floorboard that creaks a little bit underneath that creaks a little bit too much. You imagine that if the boards were not so old, it would not have been so obvious, this secret door hidden under the chair. I know a hiding spot when I see one or hear one. You pull out a dagger and jimmy up the, a couple of the boards and you find a small little uh, container space that has a sort of unlocked lockbox. What's in it? Within a few things. For one, you find a key. You find some uh, dull business records talking about like land holdings and uh, farming and stuff like that. You see that there is uh, a four-foot-long sort of silver chain necklace. You know, that you, like you're supposed to like wrap up several times. You also find what appears to be a small magical wand. You also find a pistol and a sort of. Uh, a couple of like two two boxes of ammunition 
like 25 ammunition each, but one of them is already open, the seal broken, and there are only 24 in that box. <laughs> one piece of ammunition missing. Oh, how obvious. But there is also a small Thunderstone pistol. Ooh. Alan, as much as I'd like to do to, to try and wield one of those, I think these might be more your specialty. <laughs> oh, I've never actually held one of these, but... The pistol is unloaded and uh, the safety is engaged, but you could figure it out. Oh, this would be Can't. nice. I want to look at the wand and the necklace chain. Alright, so Thunderstone pistol is... Mm-hmm. Is that in you just the... mark Just mark that you have it. You probably won't... You, you need to like spend a little bit of time with it before you can. Um, okay. But yeah, just mark that you have it. I'll tell you what it does when, when we get there. Is it just and, a pistol? In... Uh, just add a pistol to your inventory okay. for now. That's what I want. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll I'll explain what it does. But yeah, just use that as a placeholder. Cool. Uh, Nord, I would like to take pick up the wand and point it at something in the room that doesn't look too important and make pew pew sounds. Um, you point it at like like what what would Nord consider not important? Probably a vase. <laughs> you go ahead. You see like the one remaining intact uh, Ming vase in here. You go ahead and you fire it out and you. Uh, See like a little dial on it, tick down from seven to six. As you see three glowing uh, arcane darts fire outwards and pew, 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 shatter into the the vase, sending bits of ceramic flying everywhere. As you have cast uh, the magic missile spell at the first level. Well, I guess that went worse in my head. It does not require attunement. Ooh. What about the but, necklace chain? Can I put it on? Yeah, you can put it on. You just wrap it up. Uh, Alan, do you, do, you, do you try out the gun? I do want to try out the gun. <laughs> you see there's another vase in this room. Yes, another vase. <laughs> <laughs> load like a single ammunition. It's got room for four in there. Okay, room for uh, four. Go ahead and roll to hit. Um, yeah, just roll me a d20 and add your dex. Plus dex. 21. Let's go. I wasted You've fired a gun vase. before. But as you go ahead, you fire it. Go ahead and mark off that you currently only have 48 pieces of ammunition. Uh, you see the shard flares out. Just give your, yeah, just give your, just, just mark it in other notes or whatever. You fire the bullet out and it, pshung, ching, 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 uh, ends up like hitting like a piece of like uh, metal plating or something like that. And like fires off and cracks like a mirror in the far left corner. And yeah, you completely shatter that vase. Man, I want one of those. And then for a moment, Gedonald, you, uh, just as like you begin to hear the sounds of glass breaking above you, you feel the item that you've just been trying to bond with for a time sort of grow a little bit cold and heavy in your hand. Oh, okay. You want some alone time? As you go to pull your hand away, your hand is covered in blood. What the? Oh, oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, but, oh no! It doesn't feel. It feels sticky, but it doesn't feel gross. Is it what? your blood? Is it if my anything, blood? It, feels, it doesn't feel like your blood. It just feels comforting to hold the axe. And uh, as um, I imagine the two of you are going to be in making your way downstairs with your, your trinkets. Do you bring any of the documents with you? Yeah, I would oh, like yeah. to bring them. We now own the house. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see that, uh, Godonald, you're kind of sort of inspecting this thing and you just feel a... A sense of 
I don't know how to say, kind of a little bit of confidence, a little bit of excitement in a way that like ever since you came here, you've kind of felt a little bit out of your element, but now you feel a little bit more in your element. All right. Place doesn't seem as scary. You feel like anything you you could come across, you feel like you could kind of take a little bit. I can do this. Yeah, you're not scared. I, I, you're, yeah, you're not scared of this. this I can do this. Feel. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with you, forces that be. And you kind of like just sort of feel this bonding with the axe. Uh, just go ahead and give yourself a plus one battle axe. Nice. Has some other properties, but overall you just sort of feel like that sense of, of courage and... Like, the monsters shouldn't be afraid of you. If anything, that you know, you shouldn't be afraid of the monsters. If anything, the monsters should be afraid of you. And you go to, like, look at where, like, the blood was before, and it's gone. Like, your hand, which was completely stained red, is just your hand now. But it still feels good to hold the axe. I can do this. Let's go monster hunting. I see that you found... Sorry, I would have commented earlier, but you... Seem to have found a bit of an artifact. Yeah, I think it likes me. Hmm. I would be be careful about uh, getting too familiar with, with some item. Uh, oh, it's mine. You never know. Oh, well, too late. It's mine. To... it's mine. Okay. It's mine. <laughs> mine. Well, if you ever require mine. any assistance, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go back to preparing the ritual. If you want to go gather your friends, mine? I think that they were having some fun upstairs. Or All maybe right. they're in danger, but they didn't scream out for help. So if they're alive, oh, they are! Thank goodness. As the two of you are coming down, Alan holding a smoking gun and Nord a smoking wand. Smoking wand, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know. I barely expected the wand to do nothing. <laughs> to just be like actually just an arcane focus, but no. We found I had to waste toys. a charge. That's cool. It's very cool. I definitely want to try out the gun at some point. <laughs> I'll trade you. <laughs> Do you need like proficiency to work a gun? No. You just gotta tell me if you roll a one or a two. Okay. Uh, is it still just the? Are you, are you literally like trading as you're walking down the stairs? I just need to try it at some point. And okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, just a mental note. Okay. Yes. If you want to. Uh, yeah. So you see that coming into the, uh, the the seance chamber is both Nord and Alan, and uh, you see that Gedonald is currently in the process of stroking their axe, giving it little head pets. <laughs> Having a little too much fun with the shaft of your axe there, huh? Did it work? Seems to appreciate me. Wait, you know what? Works? I think I can. I think I can take this place. I think I can take it down. I got this in the bag. We don't need to take it down. We have the deed right here. Exactly. We can do with this as we please. I mean, not Wait, we really needed a deed signed to us, but well, for legal. Yeah, it hasn't been signed to you. It's just a deed. What? 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 Why? Why is the deed helpful? It's a legal backtracking. So if we ever wanted to have this house, we could say that we have the deed. So technically, it's under our ownership. I'm not sure if that's exactly how this works. I feel I mean, like uh, that's... I have a little I have a little bit of experience and uh, salvage law. What is your wisdom? Well, uh, if no one else is living here, you might as well uh, make best use of it. You don't have anyone to challenge it, and uh, you're able to, uh, well, make good use of the property. I imagine there's a couple of courts in Electroval that will uh, 
be happy to recognize your validation. Well, yes. Who knows? Maybe we can give haunted tours in here once, uh, well, once we get rid of all the scary ghosts. Uh, That's the best part. Yeah. Anyway, knows, we maybe were... we'll get to bring a couple of them home. We were here for stuff. Oh, yeah. Yes, and, yes. uh, uh, if, if, in case you were wondering, uh, we have the, uh, seance ritual prepared again. Uh, so whenever you're ready and, uh, you're done exploring the house, just to let me and, uh, my buddy Quinnell know and, uh, yeah, my, my buddy, uh, Quincy know. And we'll just, uh, well, get right to it. I'm ready. How about we all? I've been trying to talk to the ghosts all, all this time, but nobody's responding. Oh, right. There should be a better method. We have names. We have, uh, we have names we can look for. Yes. Also, we should probably actually ask questions that will help us find this artifact that we're looking for. Yeah, we got, uh, Lauren, Theodora, Reagan, and, uh, Bartholomew. No, that's not Bastion. Bastion. Yeah, we go. Nothing. That, that's who we can ask, but what we ask, I am not smart enough to figure that out. In this case, all of you gather around the table. The ritual has been set up rather intricately, similar to what you had seen the previous night. And the house groans around you as winds pick up outside and stronger pitter-pats begin raining against the window. Bits of distant thunder can be heard rumbling in wall. Vision is not incredibly obscured when you can see, look out a window. Dark interior of here lit only by the lanterns scattered throughout this room. Offering you what little light that can. You find yourself feeling the air grow more electric around you. As you hear Cornelius chant an eldritch hymn. As Quincy seems to be in the process of rinsing out a rag and wiping it across uh, the tortelline forehead. And as all of you begin to sort of hold hands through here, hearing the chanting, the lanterns, you end up holding each other's hands and the lanterns around you all go into like a minimal burn, like they're being smothered out almost just. The lights around you kind of turn slightly bluish and and it, who are you trying to reach to? Um, are you trying to reach to the presence you felt before or are you going to try to speak a name? Should we try the husband or the wife? Let's try the wife. Right. I think she was the one who told me told me to stay down. Told uh, me to hide. I call upon Theodora Helvrist. I believe the name that you had to was Garland, but yes, you're going to try who again? Uh, Theodora Helvrist. Alright then. Go ahead and roll me a charisma check, Alan. Alright. Straight roll. That's a nine. Oh no! You feel the lights around you begin to sort of glow brighter and orange to like an oversaturation. The heat kind of builds around you as they begin to sort of turn pale white, and then as quickly as that heat begins to subside, there's a... They shrink back down to the tiny blue flames, and the planchette begins to move. Uh-oh. Goes to the letter U. 
then the letter F, then you found, go, then you see it goes to O, U, N, D, M, Y, G, I, F, T. O, U, M, D. You found my gift. Found my gift. The wand or the gun? Or the axe? It goes to A, X. Oh, 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 I got it, I got it, I got it. All right. Thank you very much for that gift. You see, it goes to T-R-A-P-E-D-C-O-L-D. Trapped cold. Trapped cold. Yeah, yeah. Like in a L- freezer? O N E L Y. Oh, you only. Uh, two questions. If the I the basement. What? Basement. Oh, good point. One, uh, are are we reaching Theodora? And two, uh, could you give us a hint as to where you're trapped, cold, lonely? It what? goes to G A. R L A N G Garland. But we couldn't reach Theodora. Oh. H E L P M E. Is there a Garland in this room? Or is Garland a name? I think I think Garland is the one talking to us right now. Garland's the one who gave me the X, apparently. Are R- you? R E L E A S E. Release. Did you catch that, Release. Alan? Release. Release the Garland. <laughs> B A S E M E. Is it? N T. Basement. Uh, and then the the lights flare back dang it I didn't get a chance to suss that out and see if that was actually a demon I don't think it's a demon I feel confident with this axe this axe makes me feel good about myself and about everything that's going to happen I still still don't know if we should trust Garland or not or Theodora I don't know any story behind Garland well if anything I'll kill him again Double kill. <laughs> or there's just a lot of decorations in the basement. They're trapped in a garland. Is there a third floor to this house, or is the second floor the top floor? Um, Based on what you've seen of the house, it would appear to have a third floor. We are. Right. You just haven't found the door for it yet. I think we should be going through the basement. I, I want to try and find the third floor as well, because... I feel like if if someone's trying to hide things in this house, they would either do it at the very top or the very bottom. And we're only going to the basement because Garland wants us. Mm. I mean, there is a possibility of us. I can stand on uh, Gnord can stand on Alan's shoulders, and I can stand on Gnord's shoulders and hit the ceiling real hard, and we can get to the third floor. <laughs> we can stack. Let's just try the. <sighs> I wanna, I wanna, I don't know who this Garland fellow is. I don't know if, I don't know if Nord trusts that, that fellow. 
so I wanna like bruh I wanna contact my ghosty boys and my what do friends. you do what do you do for that? Uh you hear that uh you hear Cornelius or Quinell speaks and says Fascinating. I the spirit that we contacted most certainly is one bound to this house. The question is what exactly is its intent? I cannot deny that the, 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 the magic of the axe is clearly defined. I haven't had a, too much of a chance to inspect it, but uh, I would caution you. I, I do not know if its gifts are benevolent or if they serve some other purpose. I mean, well, I feel great with it. By the look it may of also the axe, be. It doesn't you hear, look the nicest. I don't you know. hear Corn- Cornelius say. And it would always just be possible that, uh, you know, the ghosty goose just get a little tired of being stuck here all the time. And, uh, well, whether or not they were a nice fellow or an asshole in life, they might just, uh, you know, want to be, be let go. That is true, but jail does house the criminals. Well, I mean, the criminals that aren't you. I'm not a criminal. I'm a liberator. Uh, you hear uh, Quinell say, Oh dear, it's raining quite heavily out there. I, I closed the boat up, but uh, we're going to get rather drenched if we try to run through the storm like this. We might want to wait until it passes. Is the ceiling leaking? <laughs> is the uh, ceiling, ceiling is not leaking. Cool. Not on this floor. <clears throat> not in this room. I'm personally ready to go down to the basement at any time. Donald, are you okay? I mean, really. I'm fine. I feel fantastic. You feel good, but that's not always a good sign. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I came in here, and everything was real spooky. And then I realized, why should I be scared when everything should be scared of me? Especially whatever problems await us in that basement. Look, I'm all for your self-discovery mission, but... Can I insight this and see what's going on sure what do i trust i have a 17 on the days. you pick up from godonald that they are definitely more confident than they were before they were very much in denial with a lot of the spooky things happening around you and it's not so much that they're in denial now it just seems like they think they can take it they're a little feisty they got a feisty attitude okay Alright. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty okay. Pretty up to it. If you guys want to go to the basement. Basement game. Basement game. But just uh, Actually, I, I will also say too, you also get the sense from Godonald that they are almost half convinced that they are the monster in the house. <laughs> but we just have to make sure that we don't immediately let this ghost out because we don't know why it's there. Yes, or what it wants to do once it gets out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. We should go to the basement. Does anyone here know where the basement is? Down. You found it before. It was in the kitchen. We found that wine cellar. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. To the kitchen. Um, Quint, uh... What's the logo that pops out is going to go ahead and begin cleaning up elements of the ritual and inspecting this room. Cornelius is just going to sort of uh, go 
to uh, the sort of front of the, the space and kind of begins sort of inspecting the rain outside. Saying, oh, I'm just going to be uh, waving around my sage in here a little bit. Uh, try to cleanse some of the battles away. And as all of you sort of begin making your way towards the kitchen, a kitchen that you have not sit in to since Nord nearly got baked into an oven. Nord almost got baked. The a lot of you see the same sort of door closed now that would appear to lead downstairs. You also see sitting at the lip of the oven what looks to be some sort of bear claw. Hot and fresh baked. Can I sniff it? Can I try to see if they can tell if it's poisonous or not? You're going to walk up close to the oven? No, 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 no. (laughs) You also see that, like, as you do kind of, like, look at the lip of it and maybe, like, climb onto a chair to get a better vantage point, you see that the bear claw is, like, shaped like a little... Like, you know, like, like how you make pastries, like, look like little animals and or people or something like that? It looks like a comical little gnome with a big pointy hat. <laughs> oh. The ghost made this for us. I'm remembering the Twinkie. Well, that's a simple fix. And I'll just, like, gently open the bear claw. <laughs> you walk up to the oven? No, 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 no. You feel a hand grab your back, Alan. No, no. The no, oven that's... door, by the way, is like 20 feet to the left of the oven. That's how you it got... get in there. That's how it got ignored last time. We thought it was dead. And you see like the little tiny gnome pastry has like a smiley face on it. I do have 10 feet of string if we wanted to make a tiny lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, it's so tempting. You, as you're standing there, you begin to feel a bit of a draft come out of the oven and waft the scent towards you. All right, y'all, we're heading to the basement. Y'all are getting distracted. Someone's going to die. I'm going to point was... I'm going to point at the bear claw and say, "Maybe after." All right. I'm like grabbing Alan Valley by the scruff and like trying <laughs> to drag him towards the door. All I'm imagining is the the eye on the gnome on the gnome-shaped bear claw just winking at me. <laughs> no, it doesn't do anything. It's just a bear claw. However, know. as all of you make your way down and Alan is just suspiciously watching it, you can swear that you see a bit of what looks like a very like withered skeletal hand waving a fan within the upper chamber of the chimney. <laughs> all of you just make walk past that. Like, nope, not again. <laughs> okay then. We sussin. We sussin. Sussin. We sussin. make good decisions. Uh, they say you never do the same gag twice. Anyway, you almost got me. I forgot that I had to get lured into that. I, I almost took it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Again. My intelligence score in real life is... <laughs> no, my wisdom score in real life is like negative two. So as uh, we make our way down, down, down the basement. Down, down, down. And the flames went up higher. You come and into that same wine burn, cellar where you... That goddamn fought. oven. You fought the Zorps before? Uh-huh. You see that there are uh, a number of wine bottles that have either leaked or spoiled long ago. Any other doors out of that room? Uh, not so much a door, but uh, no, there's a door at the bottom. Yeah, at the end of like these like long tables that are in there. 
uh, you see that there is a door that leads south. All right, All right. we keep going. I can really go Isn't FBI where... style with my gun. <laughs> Isn't this where uh, one of us was in, in the wine barrel? Yep. 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 Uh, you come into this room and as you open it up, old furnishings, rotten pantry samples, and boxes of mundane junk fill this musty storage space. You see that there is a uh, a wall to the south of you that uh, is just completely collapsed. It is just sort of piling into here. However, there is a door to your right walking in. But 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 maybe about twenty feet away, through piles of junk, some that are taller than you. May I ask what you're using for light down here, or are you relying solely on dark vision? I have a lantern. All right, a hooded lantern. All right, then. So you've got it hooded on all sides except for the front and the back. Yeah. Actually, can you you can just unhood a lantern, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna unhood the lantern so I can see the maximum right, so things possible. You go, you slide the, the the cylinder off, and yeah, you can see around you. If I were a ghost, where would I be? If I, I, I were looking for the freezer, where would I be? Do I see a freezer? <laughs> Do I see a freezer? Or some sort of refrigeration um, device. There probably is like a refrigeration device down here that was literally like their old refrigerator that when it broke they just dragged it down to the basement rather than getting the special permit they needed to recycle it. But uh, there's nothing in it except for more boxes of junk. Do y'all think my divine sense would be helpful in this case? To try to see what direction we should be going in? I have zero idea what divine sense or, does. It's like undead detection. Dude. And Fae and Fiends. Is it like something that like it has a limited number of uses? Uh, three prolonged rests. I have two remaining. Oh yeah, I'd say go for it. Yeah, I'd say. You All right, I use divine sense. Similar to what you get into the house, you are surrounded by undead presence. You sense it in the floors, the walls, the ceiling. In fact, you even like sense it inside of one of the crates. Do we open that crate or avoid it? I'm gonna knock on the crate. <laughs> you knock. As you knock into it, the side of it, apparently was lying on its side, falls down, and you see, rolling out of it, are several oversized frog legs. Rotten. Oh. And a few days old. Someone's been snacking on those. And the ripe scent sort of hits you. Just not chewed on, just rotting, severed frog legs. Ugh. Oh. That, oh that, no! That was the tribe. That was that was our tribe of Gripply. Uh, not good. Ugh. Nord, as that's kind of happening, the whispering around you picks up a little bit. Yeah. But you begin to feel like a a deeper emanating from the door to your right. That way, we go. We check out the door. The door like... Is Alan just staring at the frog legs or something? Or um, yeah. I guess I'm just like, yeah, shaking Nord. my frog legs. <laughs> Nord and Donald, you begin making your way toward the door. I imagine Nord just runs to the door. Yep. Right. I knock on you it. You have to like leap up. Do you knock? I knock. I'll always knock. Tick 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 tick. <laughs> no response. 
other than the. <laughs> what was uh? What was the dude we summoned his name? Garland. 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 Darling, is that you? Like Donald, you don't hear any of this. And as your divine sin sort of wears off, mm-hmm. um, and, and the shadows... Yeah, I'm just following Gnord. Um, you hear no response except for just the sort of still stronger. I will even say, too, you get a little bit of amberish light shining from underneath that door. Hmm. We should probably open it. Opening it is either going to be a smart move or a dumb move. Well, if it's a dumb move, then I can kill the dumbness. I did it last time. <laughs> Unity. Alan, what do you think? Open? Uh, I think, uh, I feel like our best option is to open it, so yeah. Alright. Open the door. So you leap up and you grab the doorknob and you kick off and... I'm actually gonna, off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the opening to somebody else. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some cover. Alright, I'm gonna, I'm opening the door. So as you open up the door this time, uh, it slams open and you see... You are within a very old hallway, older than anything else, older than the battlements that were built onto this house since the eclipsing, older than the bastion of the house itself, older than whatever castle this house used to be. A very old chamber and a rusty iron door at the far end whose entire perimeter glowing with a a pale amber light. All right. Let's get going. Casting long shadows at the far, far end. I think I found what we are looking for. <laughs> Does everybody else hear this now, too? Yeah. Uh, you, only you. Oh, only me. All right. Yeah. You just hear that down the hall as everyone's sort of inspecting the door at the end, expecting some sort of attack that doesn't come. I'll say, uh, say to them, Well, uh, whatever the voices in the rest of the house are, it's like this one's just, just all of it, like, a lot of it. Well, I guess it's time for us to go ahead and kick some tall bitch ass. <laughs> <laughs> we aiming up in the world and we killing it. Oh, you <laughs> Who's <do>? with me? <laughs> this is very motivational. I guess I am. I guess so too. Donald, you gonna go open the door? We gotta go and open the door and kick some ass. All right, so you go up to the iron door. You see that there is just a single sort of uh, iron indent where a hand could be placed, but otherwise seems thick and heavy and locked, except for just that light that seems to be so bright shining from beyond it. It gives a sort of haunting eldritch glow to this doorway. I'm gonna try to open it. All right. Um, where are you guys standing as Godal opens the door? In cover. I'm standing uh, to the side, one to one of the sides of the door. So right. I'll take the other side, but like back uh, to the to the to the to the side that the door swings towards, or the opposite side. I'll take the opposite side. So or okay. yeah. So like all right. I'm not blocked by the door. I'll take the side that the door swings open to, but like further back. All right. As you go to reach your hand outwards, Godonald confident and bravely as soon as your fingers lay a hand onto this doorway i want you and nord to roll me a dexterity saving throw oh boy oh, oh boy and i got one <laughs> that one for me too oh, <laughs> we gotta oh, come no. 
How did that happen? I knew, I had a feeling the moment I was like clicking, like right before it, I was like, I should just wait a little bit longer. But nope. Now, now you see, if you both were halflings, we wouldn't be having this fun. <laughs> oh Next campaign, God. oops, all halflings. <laughs> oops, all hobbits. Exactly. Oops, all Hugos. <laughs> We've got, we have the fire Hugo, then we add the earth Hugo, the air Hugo, and the water Hugo. <laughs> oh my god, yes. So, um, both of you take five points of bludgeoning damage. Bonk. Donald, I want you to roll me a wisdom saving throw with disadvantage. What? I know what this item is now. Does it cancel out with my... Go ahead and just roll me a... a what I just said. You don't know what this is? Well, is it magic? Does it cancel out with nope. my? Okay. It doesn't apply to that. Okay. With this isn't a spell. This isn't a spell or anything of that nature. With disadvantage, huh? That's a three, my dude. No. All right then. So as you get slammed in the face, Donald, uh, and you go tumbling backwards against the far wall, Nord just gets pancaked into the door, and you see bits of stone fall off. Uh, as Alan, you stand there for just a moment, looking into this abyssal space. As you see shining in there, a golden light, an amberish light that fades and leads to just a circular room with a rough hole in the middle, where you hear the sound of whispering and a faint bit of amber light emanating from it. Just a hole in the floor. Just a hole in the floor. And you look at, uh, as you kick the door, Donald, mm-hmm. or sorry, Nord, as you kick the door forward, you just see uh, Nord's just been pancaked against the door as the <laughs> iron door lazily swings open. It, it slammed open incredibly violently, but now it's just what I meant like was I door. was standing on the like halfway across the room from it, but this this is fine. <laughs> okay, that's great. I'm, so I'm, I was like, I'm I thought you all were like bracing. You said you were saying the other side. I was like, okay, so you're on the opposite side of Alan. Yeah. No, uh, it's okay. Uh, and as uh, you see, Godonald just got their Godonald's nose is just flattened and bleeding. <laughs> oh my and God, they seem to be a, and they seem to be dizzily like leaning on their staff. What do you guys do? Are you two okay? I'm fine. Godonald, sure about that. I am completely fine. Right I feel DM. good. <laughs> I feel fantastic. Let's keep going. Oh, really? Yeah, you you want to keep going, actually. Let's keep you going. You can taste the blood of your own nose in your mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> and just... you realize, may I say, you realize that you have never felt this good. The entire time you've been in this house, you have been afraid. You have been surrounded by whiny babies want to explore, who are afraid of opening every door and they leave it to you. And you are beginning to realize the truth now. There isn't any monster in this house. There isn't anything for you to be afraid of. You are the monster. You don't have to be afraid of anything as long as you stay on top. Go ahead and roll me an attack roll. Alan, you see Godonald like lean up towards you and just grow a big smile. And Godonald, what do you say as you rush towards Alan? Uh, this is what y'all get for holding me back. 
and you see Alan, you just jump right out of your way as Godonald just a little too slow steps forward and swings this oversized axe for their body against a stone wall and you see like the it embeds like half a foot into the solid stonework as bits of rock fall away and just a faint bit of laughing can be heard by Nord. <laughs> what seems to be like from above you. What are the and the door closes. And what did the two of you do? Uh well, what is your next steps, I wanna ask? Do you run? Or do you stand your ground? Hmm. I'm gonna run to the stairs so that I cannot be blocked from exiting. Alright, so you, you like recognize that Godonald is in your way. You instantly take this opportunity of them pulling the axe out of the wall. Just full Johnny style. Uh, running uh, past disengaging and making your way uh, towards the door. Meanwhile, Alan, um, you I, look at Godonald and you see, like, not only is their nose bleeding, but their eyes are bleeding as well. Their uh, eyes are just completely crimson and fluid, and they just are smiling with a wicked grin. Kind of like themselves, but far more sinister. Yeah. Mm, I'm going to shout, get in cover, incapacitate. What's Alan doing? Like, I, you don't have to specifically tell me what you're doing, but are you going to try to stick around, or are you going to try to run? I think I'm going to try to run. All right, then. In that case, we see as Gadon finally disembeds the rock and the, the axe out of the wall and bits of stone begin to fall as the two of you tuck around. What do we hear from Godonald before they give chase? Ah, uh, now I know how all the spooks of this house feel like. Fantastic! And you hear the sound of scraping stone and sparks flying as they just begin running, dragging the axe behind them. And that is where we are going to leave episode five. Oh, I have a great of way to start gnomish, off the next one. Of our very gnomish house of lament. Ah, uh, yeah. This concludes the House of Lament, played by Dice Carnival. Please leave a good rating and consider subscribing to us on Podbean and or following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find their website in the description below. I hope you all stay safe and spook-free. Goodbye. <laughs>